I think there should be like a rule that you have to have a minimum of 3.0 war before you can start saying any fucking nonsense that is going to upset people. Minimum, absolute minimum. Below that, just shut your fucking cake hole. <laughs> I think that we can call this the battery mates, Maxim. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bad Baseball Fans Battery Mates uh, podcast. We are two fans of two terrible uh, baseball teams. I'm Matthew in London and I'm joined by Toby in Chicago. Toby, how sad are you right now? You know, I mean, let's be honest. It's not going great, but um, I'm not sad. I, I'm not sad. It, And we'll get to that. We'll get to why I'm not fully depressed. <laughs> the American League Central is a hell of a drug. Let's just say it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why I'm not sad by Toby Fullscraft memoir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sad. Don't you dare print that I was sad. Um Well, look, there's there has been a lot of baseball though, and um yes. we can all enjoy that. And that's good. It's just been it's just been bad baseball. Some of the baseball has been in London, uh <laughs> specifically to commemorate the coronation of uh the United States' uh, new monarch, King Charles the Third. Uh <laughs> <laughs> loves the joke about <clears throat> the War of Independence. Uh, but we have had baseball in London. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how bad our teams are. And we're going to talk about how bad Rob Manfred is. Oh, it's yeah. a packed episode. It is a packed episode. It's going to be a lot of fun, that second half of the show. Um, but, you know, to get to the second half of the show, we got to get through the first half of the show, which I am not looking forward to. There's part of it that will be fun. Um, but then we would talk about our teams. Uh, but, this, you know, just a preview for listeners. If you stick around to the second half, there's going to be some unhinged ranting, I believe, on both of our parts. So Yeah, we're going to be Rob Madfred. <laughs> we're not going to be Rob Manfreds. Listeners, you need to know that neither of those jokes were in our notes. They weren't prepared. That is just the kind of comedy you can expect off the cuff for the next, I don't know, somewhere between 30 and 90 minutes depending on <laughs> <laughs> how much we dick around uh should we go around the horn let's start with what is going on in baseball yeah well it's been a while i mean i think we checked in at like the one month point and then um I, you know the coronation happened there was a lot going on um and yeah. your end there's a lot going on in baseball that doesn't please us so we're we find ourselves at like the halfway point now somehow um we're we're not quite there, but you know, for all intents and purposes, we are there. Um, this is the halfway point this week, and so let's just check in to see how things are going across baseball. It's been a wild first half of the season. Um, our, you know, I, I think um, let's start off with uh, thoughts and prayers to Yankees fans. They are currently in third place and nine and a half games out of first as of recording time. Um, nine and a half games out of first. Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, but maybe things are going better for Yankees West over in LA, our, our Dodger Dodger friends. Um, they are currently in third place <laughs> and three games out of first. So they're only three games out. They're, they're still very much in it. Um, 
but you know the Mets. Um, I think a lot of people's, <laughs> lot of people's picked to, to win maybe the World Series this year. They certainly spent a lot of money. They are in fourth place, Matthew. They are eight games under five hundred, and they're sixteen games out of first place. Oh, how? I, I'm not. I'm not paying that close attention. But I have no idea what's going on with the Mets. Um, We're just uh, playing bad baseball. I mean. Literally, I, I don't know what else to tell you. At this point in the season, with this many games played, literally they just suck. I mean, don't they, is anybody is is everybody hurt? I mean, Scherzer and Verlander are pitching, right? Yep. And is anybody else hurt? I mean, I I don't think have a like anyway. We'll get to this, but that's astounding. Um, and I think you know we we brought up these three teams because, um. They, t- funny. they traditionally it's funny and they traditionally have really high payrolls and so we asked our research department to take a, a spin through baseball's highest payrolls and let's just check out all those teams we talked about the mets they have the highest payroll in baseball they're in fourth place and 16 games out of first place the yankees we talked about they're in third place the padres have the third highest payroll they're in fourth place in the nl west very big disappointment and just uh, lost a series to the Washington Nationals, which you have to really fucking suck to lose a series to the Washington Nationals right now. Right. If you could be relegated in Major League Baseball, the Nationals would be relegated. <laughs> and the Padres yes. just lost to them in a three-game series. Um, the Phillies are in third place. Um, they are you know, the fifth highest payroll in baseball. Dodgers are sixth. They're in third place. The Angels... Now, when I the, the notes were first put together for this, we've had a few stop and starts to recording this. Um the Angels were in third place as well, but they have since tied it up with the, the Astros. They are now tied for second place with the seventh highest, sixth highest payroll in baseball. And the seventh highest is the Blue Jays. They're in fourth place. You have to go to the eighth highest payroll in baseball, and that is the Braves, which is a payroll like 43% lower than the Mets, by the way, to find a team in that that top payroll that's in first place. That is ridiculous. I have no, I've never seen that before. Um, and uh, that's just, I mean, I just can't even... Can't, I can't. I I don't even know what to think about that. Obviously, a lot's going to happen in the next, you know, nine eighty two eighty three games. But I wouldn't feel good if I was a Mets fan or a Yankees fan. Or... <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess the only team on there that I, if I would, I, if I was a fan of theirs, I'd feel pretty good as the Angels. I mean, tied for second in that division, that's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, you'd be an Angels fan at that point. That's not <laughs> that's not a good place to be, is it? I, I actually think the the Mets. Uh, we should we should do maybe do a, a Mets fan focus group at some point. Oh yeah. If I was a Mets fan, I would actually feel worse this season because they've always been kind of sucky and kind of like dragging along. But this was supposed to be the different year. This was supposed to be the. Like they've got good players, they're not supposed to be Metsy. They're supposed to have written a big check to wipe away all of the Metsiness, but they're still being the same team. And so, you you get all of the suckiness, but you contrast that with the expectation. It's the hope that gets you. And Mets fans have been used to the terrible, everything being terrible, but then they were promised hope, and yeah. it's just like it couldn't be more Metsy. It's quite Metsy in uh, in Queens. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, on the bright side of things, we have some some surprises that are like, I guess, you know, to spin it, happy, happy surprises, fun little surprises. 
you know, the, the Reds are like maybe the sto- best story in baseball right now. They won 11 straight uh, going into the weekend um, and were in first place as of yesterday, um, which is crazy. They have the, I think, and I don't know if people are paying attention, but that uh, Ellie did a cruise guy they have is yeah. looks special. Um, yeah. You see, do you see the highlights of him hit, hitting for the cycle the other day? Yeah. He is fucking fast. I don't, I mean, and the thing is, he was so fast, and yet, he kind of, tr- he kind of stumbled at one point. Like, he could have been faster. He could have done that faster. And I, I, I just don't even, I don't, it was not a perfect run around the bases, and he probably had the best time in, of anybody. Also, like, I'm not saying he's going to be the, the best baseball player in history, but I think we've seen enough to say that he's going to be the greatest nonchalant baseball player in history. <laughs> that, that guy was chill. I mean, he was extremely relaxed. I like to think that if I was ever a, a player in the major leagues, that I would be that relaxed. But I'm not that relaxed mm. on this podcast, so no. I, I don't think no. <laughs> uh, he's pretty. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty special. And I, honestly, I feel good. I'm so happy for Reds fans because they've had a really garbage run the last couple of years. They like tore it down two years ago, and they're they're. Their ownership and front office, you know, they were they made some really they said some really shitty things about, um, you know, fans. If you don't like it, go do. Yeah, I forget the exact quotes, but they were bad. And uh, and <laughs> it's Cincinnati. What's the end of the sentence? You don't like it, you should go do. I mean, what what is the end of that sentence in Cincinnati? God love them, but what what do you go and do? I'd love to know the answers to that question. <laughs> Have you ever had Cincinnati chili? Uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you haven't? Okay. Next time you're I, in the vicinity. I have been to Cincinnati though, and I I didn't see a lot to do. Okay. Was it Kentucky or Ohio? I was in Ohio. Okay. You sure? Because they it's a lot of gray area there. Um well, you've crossed was, the river I, and you're in Kentucky and it's the airports yeah. in Kentucky. I think yeah, I went to the airport, so I just don't count I don't count being in an airport as being in the state. Okay. It's kind of like a special zone. So I haven't ticked Kentucky off my list of states I've been to, even yeah. though I flew into Cincinnati to the airport that's in Kentucky. That's a lot of detail that probably could be edited out from this episode. Well, a lot of Ohioans, especially from the northern half of the state, would tell you you were in Kentucky when you were in Cincinnati. But it's there's some bad blood there. It's not really even real. Um, it's like Taylor Swift bad blood. It's not. It's more, more manufactured, I think, than anything else. Um, Don't get me started on Taylor Swift. <laughs> should we start the taylor swift podcast i think we'd be i think uh justin braski would uh would be uh, again one of our only listeners <laughs> yeah i mean not to take us off on a tangent but <clears throat> we have a work slack like a lot of organizations and i was invited to join the taylor swift slack channel as a bit of a joke because i obviously don't like taylor <laughs> swift so i did but now I can't leave because I feel like I'd be rude to like Matthew McGregor has left the channel. <laughs> and so I'm just stuck there seeing, seeing like half of my organization is in this channel and they're talking about Taylor Swift the whole time. And I'm just like, this is really annoying to get these notifications, but I don't want to be rude and leave. And not because if you were, if you were rude and left, you, it would be clear that it was you, you were the yeah. problem. It was you. Yeah. Hi, it's me. <laughs> You should just say that and leave. Come on, look. I know. I know enough about Taylor Swift to. I. I I'm early on in my because I'm like I'm the CEO of our organization, so like I'm. I just things I say and do 
show up in meetings and I was rude about Taylor Swift as a, it was a mistake. I, you know, and I've been clawing my way back since then. Well, so I, I was do rude try about Taylor Swift might be the name of this episode. So <laughs> I, I try to pay attention to what she's doing. She, she recently broke up with a boyfriend, got together with another guy and then um, broke up with that guy as well. So that's been a whole thing recently. And um, she's going like on Gary Sanchez. <laughs> she's going like, on. So she, wait, what? Gary Sanchez. It's like Gary Sanchez. He was he was bouncing around teams. He was a, he was a one team. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to type. <laughs> I thought I thought for a minute you were saying that Taylor Swift was seeing Gary Sanchez. I was hey. like, oh, that's 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 interesting to me. I hey. can get behind that. I did. I'm. I can't deny it. I don't know that it's not true. It could be true. He's a good looking. He's a good looking guy. Sure, sure. I mean, he's got. I mean, he's, I think he's having a, a, a little bit of a bounce back. I thought he might be out out of baseball at the beginning of the season, but he's there on the Padres. Well, I think the middling Padres. Yeah, he he um he he did well enough for me to put him on my base uh, my fantasy baseball team for two weeks, and then I dropped him again. Ah, uh, yes. So I, in in a way, I'm a bit like Taylor Swift with boyfriends. <laughs> We are gonna. We definitely can't put Taylor Swift in the title of this episode because we will get flamed. We will. We will be destroyed on the internet. Um, yeah, I'm just, but we'll I just have hope listens. no one. I hope no one. No one who works uh, for my organization listens to this because it'll be awkward. Um, uh, that's why we call you Ma- Matthew McAllister here. Um, <laughs> there, there is a baseball Slack channel uh, on our Slack, and it's I'm the only member of the of the channel. <laughs> I just post just post stuff to myself. <laughs> oh, that's 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 great. That's rich. Um, <laughs> so we we also have some other you know as we're looking around the sport. Rangers are oh, sorry. Place. Sorry, sorry, you I'm want to talk to about baseball. you want to talk about baseball again? <laughs> I'm 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 like I have this image in my head of uh, uh, of Taylor Swift fans coming and finding our podcast and just completely destroying us on the internet, and we are not ready for that. Um, so <laughs> just to bring it all back home, um, the Rangers, the Rangers are in first place. Who knew? Um, I, I think famously uh, counted them out um, when they signed DeGrom. And I was like, hey, what are they doing? This team is barely going to be, they, they barely competed last year and they had the big, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. And now DeGrom too. Yeah. Well, apparently they're uh, something's going right for them um, so far. The D bags are in first place, Matthew. <laughs> The D bags. I mean, everyone how? loves everyone. Everyone loves a good D bag. They're so so. That division has the 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 Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants, who had won a hundred and some games a couple of years ago, uh, and okay, the Rockies. But like the, the Diamondbacks, I think were definitely a sleeper pick to be decent, um, and they seem to be good. I mean, we played them last weekend or ten days ago or so, and they were actually really. I, I thought they were an impressive young team. Um, they have that Corbin Carroll guy who's really impressive. Um, but yeah, wow, D bags, first place. <clears throat> uh, they seem legit. Um, <laughs> another fun fact about baseball so far: the stand, looking perusing the standings, you might notice that every team in the American League East has a better record than every team in the American League Central. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good stat. That's you, such a good stat. If you look at it, it looks like it's one division, right? Because it just goes down. The winning percentage just keeps going down as you <laughs> as you follow it. It goes from the you know the Blue Jays, de- Yankees, Blue I'm, Jays. I'm desperate for a team to win a division with a sub 500 uh, 
win percentage. That's my that's my ambition. I will stop. I will stop following baseball when that happens. That's what I want. That's what I want from life. If it happens anywhere, it's going to happen in the American League Central. I yeah. Um, well, but we'll get to the, that. NL, the NL Central has been my go-to uh, in hoping for a sub-500 division champion. But AL Central, it's just, it's the flyover states. That's the problem. Um, we don't recognize that term here in Chicago. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say there, there is something to that. Like the biggest markets are all on the coast. So it makes some sense that like payrolls are higher and Although we just went through and talked about every all the big spenders are really middling or bad this year, I think it's there's something there's a co <laughs> there is some sort of uh, correlation to that. Um, it's the positive. world turned upside down. Mm, it is. And speaking Talking of upside of... <laughs> down, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> well. <clears throat> We obviously are more interested in the bottom of the uh, <laughs> the bottom the bottle the battle ugh, the battle <laughs> to the bottom. I mean the the athletics are, are are actively trying to be extremely bad, and they're doing a great job at it. Yes. The Royals, I don't know if they're trying. I don't know if they are nonchalant, but they are going for it. Uh, the Royals are on uh, twenty two and fifty six on pace for one hundred and sixteen losses. The A's have already lost 60 games. They are 20 and 60 on pace for 121 losses. That would be a world record. That's that's ever, right? So uh, um, I think I think it's the worst in modern history. I think there was a the Cleveland the Cleveland Spiders, I think, lost 130 games back in. Right, but, but post 72, uh, which I think 72 is the cutoff point for modern well, I think baseball. since like 1900, this would be the worst. Yeah. Oh, that 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 modern. Yeah. <laughs> That's not <laughs> like modern. But okay, uh, I mean, 121 losses. That is just spectacular. We're going to talk about the athletics a little bit later on, but uh, now we're down at the bottom of the pile. I think it's time to talk about our teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, who wants to go first? It, it it depends on how you want to. I mean. Let's, let's start with the Nationals, because we all expect the Nationals to kind of be in this kind of re- reloading, rebuilding, tear it all down. How dare, how dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> Not even Amanda Lippman picked them 162 games this year. So, <laughs> uh, if you can't get her to commit to the bit, then we knew something was up. I mean, the, the, um, the thing is, I think last time we recorded about a month ago, um, they were in a pretty decent patch, and there was a phase where the Nationals went 19 and 18. The Washington Nationals, uh, widely predicted to be uh, amongst the worst, if not the worst, team in, in baseball, second worst last season, didn't really develop the team this year with any spend, um, were were winning above 500 for a really decent chunk of time. And it it wasn't just winning, but it was fun winning. Yep. It was really exciting. Um, since May the 17th, uh, we have gone 11 and 24, which is on pace to lose 114 games in that window. If you just look at June, okay, we have gone uh, 5 and 15, which is on pace to lose 121 games, just like the athletics. Obviously, we um, uh, <laughs> since I wrote these notes of one, 
uh, two of our last three. So those numbers are actually pretty inaccurate. <laughs> that will teach us for trying to record at the weekend <laughs> and only managing to get together on the Tuesday. Uh, we are the 14th best team in the National League, 26th in MLB. And then when you look at how they're playing, 26th in stolen bases, 25th in runs, 29th in home runs. Uh, and the pitching isn't much better. 26th in ERA, 27th in whip, and 28th in average conceded. We have the uh, we are the fifth uh, worst team in giving up hits. Also, a great stat that came out today it is now, as of last night, uh, 90 series since uh, the Nationals last swept a series. So mm. we have not swept in the last 90 series. That is the longest streak of series without a sweep in MLB history. Yeah. We beat last night, this series we just went through, uh, we overtook the Philadelphia Athletics. <laughs> that was so long ago, they're called the Philadelphia Athletics, a team <laughs> that doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, they, who they, they went... might, they've moved twice since then. They? And they're about they? to move a third time. I don't even know who they are. Is that the <laughs> is that the Oakland Athletics? Yeah, they moved to Kansas City and then they moved to uh, Jesus okay. Take the Wheel. So <laughs> a team that sure was in the last time the Oakland Athletics were in Philadelphia, <laughs> they had the longest uh, straight series without a sweep of eighty nine. The Nationals are now ninety. So this is bad. This is really really bad. And. Yeah, the Athletics are really, really bad. And yes, the Kansas City Royals are really, really bad. But it has been a really, really terrible month. A very, mm -hmm. very terrible month. And and what do you think, what do you expect to happen in the next, uh, you know, the last second half of the season, I guess? Well, as John McCain said, it's always darkest just before it goes completely back. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the thing is that we actually have two uh, <laughs> players that have been pretty decent, uh, Lane Thomas and um, uh, Candelario. And there's every chance they get traded. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, so, they should be traded, right? I mean, I personally don't think they should trade Lane Thomas. Uh, Lane Thomas. We have another two years of team control with him. Mm. And, I, you know, there is enough about this team that they showed in the 1918 um uh phase and that is in the farm system to say that lane thomas can be useful in those two years i don't think that he you know when you're rebuilding you don't keep hold of players that are not going to really be of benefit to the team being successful and i would like to think that this team can be competitive in 2020 five <laughs> to think of what year it was then i think they can be uh at least at least competitive at least asking some questions in 2025 and therefore i wouldn't i would hope that they don't trade him away and you know also we we traded him for a rental uh mm -hmm. in uh 2020 uh, and so I, I just don't know how much he's going to be worth. Yeah. I just, I, I would like, I would like to, I would like he's to more worth it to your team. Yeah. I would like the second half of the season to be interesting. And I think that Lane Thomas can be useful to us in, in within the term of his contract, if that makes sense. Do you, is he an outfielder? Where does he play? 
he plays uh, right field. Okay. Yeah, right field. Yeah, I mean, I've seen his name mentioned quite a bit when it comes to because we'll get to this, but Cleveland has no slugging in the outfield, so we really desperately need somebody who can hit the ball hard, uh, who plays an outfield position. So I've seen his name mentioned as someone who might be a good target. But I mean, he he's not. That wasn't why he was picked up, to be honest. I mean, he's not. I mean, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, and he stands out in the Washington Nationals. Um, uh, team. I mean, he lead. I think he's either the leader or the second place uh, for home runs. But that's because we don't hit any home runs. I mean, I really don't think that he contributes to a um, a team that wants to go deep in the playoffs. So I don't. I don't. I don't really get what they would get for him. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm an idiot, so I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about, and therefore could be completely wrong. But um, I also think that you know he. He was traded to the Nationals from the Cardinals as a almost as like, well, we're going to DFA him if we don't trade him. Like, I, I, I think he's I think he's hit his ceiling. Mm. Yeah. And I think that he might benefit as a player from staying where he is. But, you know, like I say, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be you guys will be mentioned in trade talks. Who else will be potentially traded to Candelario? Yeah, Candelario, and I and I, honestly, I don't think there's anyone else. Um, okay. Maybe if we talked about this a month ago, we could talk about um, maybe uh, maybe Garcia. Um, but you know, honestly, the team the team is really really young. The the other than you know, Dom Smith is the other kind of tradable piece, and he's just not playing well enough. Mm. I mean, he's not playing well enough to really excite anyone about him being on the team period let alone being traded <laughs> all all of the other players because we've been broken down so much all of them are emerging talents mm, yeah. why would you trade why would like what it, it honestly if we traded anyone other than thomas candelario or smith you'd have to ask questions about uh, we, we're not re- if we're trading anyone else we're not rebuilding if we're trading anyone else we're just gliding for a new owner yeah 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 yeah. well um godspeed on all that i'm sure so it sounds like it won't even be a fun trade deadline like you're not you're not bad at the point you're bad but you're not like bad with like some assets you could possibly load off for some new prospects and make excited no honestly honestly i think it's a very stand pat kind of year because we've we've kind of built the foundations and we need to let the team we've got grow. Mm. You know, Mackenzie Gore is doing some really, you know, he's, he's not ready, but he's, he's doing some amazing stuff. He beat he the Padres. Yeah. He beat the Padres the other day. Josiah Gray. Team, is really, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, he struck out uh, Juan Soto, which was um, quite a moment. Uh, uh, Josiah Gray is, is really building something. And, you know, they're going to need time. Yeah, it's almost like they're 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 in training. Um, but there's definitely something there. There's definitely something there. And then you know, in a couple of years' time, those pieces will be enough. Hopefully, we'll have new owners. Hopefully, the Masson contract stuff will be properly resolved, and they can spend some money getting close to the Strasbourg contract coming to an end. And 
we could be we could be back there. We could, you know, I think twenty twenty five is not unrealistic at this point. Well, like you said, things are always darkest. Um, before it's twenty twenty five. So uh, on the Guardians, you know, I, I think your initial assessment that like we're we're not a very good team is is right. You know, we're we're thirty seven and forty right now, which by no means is god awful. Um, but but for you know a team that won ninety two games last year who, um kind of out of nowhere and was supposed to be better this year, I think, or at least as good this year competing for the division, um, which we'll get to in a second. Um, it, it It's certainly disappointing and it's been really frustrating for fans. I think it's, it's everybody's kind of taken a step back. No one's performing. What well. I mean, up until recently, no one was performing well. It's just been a weird, weird season. Um, just our, our top line stats here. We're 24th uh, best offense in baseball, which is bad. There's 30 teams in baseball. So you don't want to be 24th. Uh, that's based on WRC plus. But it gets worse. We have the lowest. You said you don't hit any home runs, Matthew. Um, you have the Nationals have sixty three home runs, and the the Guardians have fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, the top team in baseball with home runs is the Atlanta Braves with one hundred and forty one. And I'll just say it again: Cleveland has fifty. <clears throat> fifty. That is incredible. Incredible. That is such a big difference. We're like dangerously close to finishing the season under 100 home runs, which I think not many teams have done in since in the modern era, as you will, if you will, since the designated hitter. Um, that's it's since, actually since, since 1600. Yeah, I mean, it's really bad. Um, our pitching, on the other hand, has been better. We're ninth with ninth overall uh, pitching staff in baseball based on ERA. Um, but what's odd is we're second. The bullpen is second in baseball. That's really good. We have a really good bullpen, which we kind of expected. But our starting pitchers, which has been our bread and butter for a decade almost, um, we're 19th in baseball starting pitchers ERA. Uh, and part of that is we've had some injuries. We've had a lot of spot starts from young kids. Um, but we've been aggressive at bringing up um, uh, some top prospects. We brought up Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, Gavin Williams. These are all names probably no one knows, but um, are all top 50 prospects in baseball um, that have all come up. And uh, Gavin Williams is making his second start tonight. Um, as we record this. So it's it's a um, it'll be interesting uh, to see how they adjust to big leagues. They've, they've shown flashes of really being really like something special, but and which is, you know, par for the course for Cleveland. We, we get all these young pitchers that come up and are just they, they kick ass. Um, but uh, but they also shown some rookie jitters, which is, you know, also expected. Um, and you just don't it's, it's not something you would normally see, like 60 percent of your rotation being rookies that you're expecting to struggle and expecting the league to adjust to them and they have to adjust back and you have to see how that all goes. I'm glad they're getting this experience in a year that if in any other division would be a lost season, you know, we'd be, we we talked about the Mets being 16 games out. We wouldn't be that much better uh, in the NL East. Um, And so like, you know, we're lucky in that, in that sense, but it's just weird because I think we're technically competing. Um, Tristan McKenzie has been out. He's in his second injury uh, of the season. This one seems much more serious an elbow, uh, UCL sprain, which, you know, could mean Tommy John, which would be very bad for the guardians. We're hoping that he can just recover based on rest. Um, and, uh, some other, other injuries. I mean, basically 60% of our rotation has been injured, um, at any given point. That's why we have rookies starting. Um, and yet we're a game and a half out of first place as of recording time here. 
we are tied in the loss column with first place twins. That means we both have 40 losses. That's unbelievable to me. I, I don't understand how um, how the Guardians have had this this frustrating of a season and we're still like very much in the, the, the mix here. If one of us, if one of these teams, um, including the White Sox, who are six games out, if one of us goes on like a 10 game winning streak, we'll be in first place. And we, we might be able to put it away, you know, like, uh, so it's just a matter of like who gets hot and anybody going to get hot. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to our, uh, the, our perspective, our, the perspective season here, um, the trade deadline is going to be super interesting. I'm not sure there are many teams. Um, Zach Meisel, uh, of the athletics says that the guardians might be the most fascinating team at the deadline because they have very obvious needs. We are, we can't hit the ball over the fence. Um, you know, we need some slug in that, that lineup. And our catching position has been a black hole. We just called up one of our top prospects, Bo, Bo Naylor, who's Josh Naylor's brother. So we have two Naylors in, in the lineup. Um, and other than Josh Naylor and Jose Ramirez, Stephen Kwan and Andres Jimenez, there's no guarantees anywhere in the lineup anymore. Um, and so we need, we have some very obvious needs um, and a, a glut of prospects in the middle infield um, and a lot of pitching talent. So it's a matter of like, can they put together some interesting trades? The kicker, Shane Bieber is a free agent at the end of next season. And there's almost no world in which he's signing an extension. Um, and if he, if he does get to that world, that means he's gotten bad. Um, he's had a pretty middling year uh, for him. Uh, he, he'd be probably a two or three starter on any competing team. So he'd be a, you know, he'd be an asset to most playoff contenders um, and so there's real, real anticipation that the Guardians will entertain the notion that they they might trade Shane Bieber, which would be, I can't even believe this is true. The fourth pitcher to win a Cy Young Award traded uh, as in my adult lifetime, not just my lifetime, my adult yeah, lifetime. That's gonna hurt. No, that's yeah, gonna it, hurt. it does, but it also like I, I think it depends on what what they get back in return. Like if they could get a good return for Shane Bieber and address some of these holes bring some slug into the lineup. Uh, maybe, maybe it's worth it. My guess is they're not going to get that kind of return because everybody, you know, the rest of baseball seeing what we're seeing, which is he's not as good as he used to be. Um, his velocity's down a little bit. He's not getting the swing and miss stuff that he used to get. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it depends. If someone gives us a, a, a wild offer, I, I kind of expect him to be on the move. Um so I have no idea what's going to happen. We could get, we could get hot. I mean, Tito's teams traditionally play much better in the second half than they do in the first half. Um, there was that one year we won 22 in a row. <laughs> um, so I, we, we could end up winning fun. this division. It was so fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was six it was years fun. ago, Matthew. Six years ago. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I think it could very well be a very frustrating slog of a season where we kind of dance, dance around or just below 500 the rest of the year. They also could go on a run and, and you know be an 86 win team and win the division, right? Um, but we'll see. Uh, and one thing, I will, last note, I will uh, before we go to a word from our sponsor, I'll leave with a, a note of hope. And Cleveland has traditionally had a really, really bad, um, uh, at least in the last 20, 20 years or so, we've had bad attendance. Um, we're always in the bottom, the top, bottom five in attendance. Um, this season, we're up. We have a 27% increase in home attendance, the second highest jump in baseball behind the Phillies. 
That's remarkable. And really, I don't know. I, I want to dig in more to see what's going on there. I know we've had the Yankees and the Red Sox early in the first half of the season. Maybe that's it. But we we had a um uh like a, a couple weekends in a row, home week uh, series where they've had just gr- great turnouts. Um, and I don't know whether it's just like um the place to be, whether they have some ticket. I know they have a, a new ticket package, which is kind of popular, which is like forty nine dollars a month. You can go to any game you want. It's like unlimited uh, tickets, um, which is kind of cool. Definitely worth it if you're like a 23 year old uh, with nothing to do. But um, uh, not not so much for uh, someone who's older than 23 with two kids who lives in Chicago. It's less good. For me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I like even to see get that. me started on living in Manchester, England. <laughs> but I, I want to. The thing I'll say about that. The last thing I'll say about that is that that increase in home attendance um, and having strong turnouts. Um, does make me want to gloat over the people who said they'd never go to another game after they changed the name. Um, <laughs> fuck y'all. Um, uh, you 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 held to your principles for uh, all of fourteen months. Um, <laughs> or maybe you're getting new fans. Maybe you're getting fans coming in, being like, "Well, maybe this team not being racist anymore. I can get behind it." I thought this was a Chris Pratt movie. <laughs> guardians of the galaxy reference um let's go before we go way off topic let's go to uh, a quick word from our sponsor shall we we should this episode of battery mates is brought to you by hymns polls show that men are tired of having to swallow a whole pill just to treat erectile dysfunction it's a crisis that's why hymns has invented the all-new prescription only ed mint which, and I swear I'm reading this off the page, is called Hard Mints. <laughs> if you heard that right, Hard Mints. These are mints that they do exactly what you think. Um, and, you know, it's a serious healthcare issue. I don't want to laugh about it. Uh, it affects men everywhere. Um, and But now there's a mint, uh, and it's called Hard Mints. Uh, so go to 4 put in the promo code BATTERYMATES, for a free trial of our new experimental moisturizer, Chubby Cream, or opt for our refreshing new fizzy soda, Stiffy Seltzer. Uh, maybe you'd rather try the, the Goo Gun Gum. Uh, or have you heard about our hard on half and half? Check it all out at 4 and tell them Battery Mates sent you. These, these, these uh, ads are getting more interesting, Matthew. I don't have anything to say about that. Hey, you know what I'll say? If I was a sitcom writer, CC at Case Damon London, um, maybe I'd put a hard mince like confusion plot point in there. Oh, you need <laughs> breath mint? Here you go. Oh, whoops, I gave you the wrong one. <laughs> oh, I'm too shy to talk about that. That's why you need to go to fourhims.com. And <laughs> it's it's very secret and very like discreet. Um, prescription only. All right. Well, we got to, we're going to get to our <laughs> uh, not so secret uh, love slash hate for Rob Manfred, the commissioner of major league baseball. Um, certainly uh, a man who has um, a lower approval rating than Joe Biden. Um, so let's talk about the rest of the show is going to be about things. Rob Manfred's done. Um, <clears throat> let's just put it in that big bucket. There are several things he's done in the last 
you know, month and a half since we've recorded. And uh, let's start with the A's. The Oakland Athletics um, appear to be uh, a Major League Baseball owner's vote away from officially moving to Las Vegas. Uh, the Nevada legislature had a, held a special session to pass $380 million in funding to build the A's a new tiny stadium. Um, <laughs> uh, not like a tiny house, but like a smaller stadium than, than typical uh, for a ballpark. Um, and, uh, you know, so th- that is, I think, bad news for baseball. I think bad news for baseball fans. Bad news for Oakland, for sure. Um, and just like not what uh, anybody who isn't actually profiting from this deal, uh, any, anything we wanted to see happen. Um, so I, I think want to talk about a couple things that have happened, transpired in the last couple months. Um, you know, the first is that it, we found out that um, the city of Oakland has, has claimed that they're within, uh, they were within reach of a deal to build the A's a stadium at Howard Terminal, which is what the A's said they wanted. Um, the A's have continued to, as we talked about earlier, run the team into the ground. Um, and now that it's official, they're moving um, or close to official. The The current plan, the stated plan is to play in Oakland next year um, throughout 2024 uh, and then finally move to Las Vegas uh, for a couple seasons before the, the new stadium will be ready. Um, and I, I just, th- there's a lot of, before we get into the Oakland fans, there's just a lot of like weird, like, uh, like in the process of making the case for this, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of funding from the taxpayers in Nevada. Uh, there was all this like talk about how, you know, this is going to be a huge win. It's going to really boost the economy. They had, they cited all these stats that from these um, economists who are, notorious for for overstating the economic impact um, of what a stadium will bring or what an all-star game will bring to the city of Atlanta, for instance. And it's just, it's it's really astounding that it keep, they keep running the same playbook and and, and no one, or, or not enough people seem to be uh, you know, calling them out on it. Um, they seem to be, get, be getting their way uh, again. And, and Rob Manfred's certainly uh, a part of that. But th- the theory on the case here seems to be that in Las Vegas, they will build a fan base and they have all these tourists and out-of-towners that are there all the time who will be a natural built-in um, audience for uh, this baseball team that has to play 81 games there. Um, and I just think that's like very speculative at best, right? Like it's just very, it's a big gamble. And I know it's a town that takes gambles. Um, but, <laughs> but my dad said something like, my dad lived in Las Vegas for um when he was in high school for a year or so and he um this is Las Vegas was a lot different then to be clear but he was <laughs> he he you know he, he it was, was like, the 1920s I, for goodness <laughs> sake <laughs> I mean they, did, they didn't have running water yet but it was um <laughs> but no he, he was he just was very skeptical of this idea that they were gonna build this big fan base in Las Vegas bigger than what they would have in Oakland Oakland which is part of one of the biggest markets in United States. Um, so anyway, I mean, this is this is, I mean, this is the incredible thing. Then they don't even think they can build that fan base. They're building a tiny stadium, right? They're not expecting to build a good fan base. This is literally a TV move, deliberately, or, or like consciously intending not to have a fan base. And Bryce Harper 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge Bryce Harper fan. The way he left the Nationals still leaves a, um, a kind of a, you know, a, a bad taste. Um, I bought my daughter, who was then two years old, a Bryce Harper jersey, uh, which we've since burned um, <laughs> when he left. But I got to give him credit; he is from Las Vegas. He grew yeah. up in Nevada, and um he is like that's where he's from he's not one of these kind of like passed through for a year or two or whatever no offense to your dad but like he <laughs> is from there and he's come out strong he said i'm gonna read these quotes because they're really really strong i feel sorry for the fans in oakland it's just not right they have so much history in oakland you're taking a team out of a city i'm pretty sad because of all the history and all the greatness they've seen there i see the a's as oakland i don't see them as vegas and you gotta say, yeah, credit where credit is due. He is a, a, a Vegas native, and he is calling it as it is, especially as a current player. You know, it's quite rare to hear current yeah. players speaking out in that way. So, fair fair play to uh, to Bryce Harper. I think that's a really really good thing to hear. I just I think that MLB is acting disgracefully absolutely disgracefully yeah. there is more than enough of a market uh in the bay area for two teams Certainly. oakland has that history the the stadium is there you know this is just appalling behavior by the owner and it's being accepted by the by the commissioner's office and and the other owners I mean, it's an, it's such a nightmare scenario being played out for small market teams. And, and Oakland is not a small market. Let's be very clear. Like Oakland, again, is part of one of the biggest markets in ba- in America. Um, and it's, it's this is a nightmare scenario for a, a team from Milwaukee or Kansas City or Cleveland. Um, we are yeah. the tiny markets, they actually, Cincinnati, like that, that, that a, a team, the ownership wanting to cash in um, and get the best business friendly deal uh, and a new stadium. Um, can just hold a city hostage and and get their way and and the baseball and the commissioner's office will support them will support them not just acquiesce but actively support them yes and that is terrible. terrible they you know if vegas wants a team there should be expansion there's a need for a team elsewhere in the south other than florida there's there's places where there should be mlb teams but you can't be moving teams around simply to fill already rich people's pockets with huge amounts of more money. That's not acceptable. And the MLB has shown, the commissioner's office has shown that he's on the fan side of, he's on the side of the, uh, the, uh, the, the wealthy owners, not on the side of the fans. Your, your voice changed there. I think is it your, 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 your AirPods there? Just like what you got like rougher. I don't know. It's just angrier. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, did you see this? I, I mean, the, the, maybe the best thing that's happened in all of baseball in the last two months was the epic fan counter protest, the reverse protest um, that happened in Oakland uh, a couple weeks ago. Did you see this? Yeah, it was incredible. I, I mean, Absolutely honestly, incredible. as someone who like works in advocacy and like has talked about advocacy in sports and like wanting to see more of it. This was in, this was inspiring. Like I was so blown away by this yeah. 27,000 yeah. people. I mean, they're averaging like 8,000 tickets sold 7,000 tickets sold. 
uh, this season because they're Rachel they're, Thompson. No, they're, they're, they are they are getting like a thousand people in the stadium. Yes. Like, oh right. Let's, let's call let's call bullshit on the eight thousand average. Whatever. Right. They're getting a thousand people, and in a stadium that big, I mean, this is a really big stadium. Yes. A really really big stadium. A thousand people is absolutely nothing. So to get twenty seven thousand actual people there, it's, it's crazy. It's, it was so impressive to see. You could hear on um, the broadcast clearly. I've, you know, you you never hear the. It's very rare to hear the chants so clearly, but they were chanting "Sell the team." Um, they gave away thousands of T-shirts that, that was like the Oakland A's colors that just said "Sell." <laughs> um, and I, I will say, like the A's, fair play. You know, the A's said they would donate the proceeds from the game, which they later disclosed was over eight hundred thousand dollars for one game. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> which makes me want to do the reverse, reverse the math there and figure out like. Wait, how much are our teams pocketing every game? Like, that's crazy. That's great. Um, but, but also, there are 27,000 people that care enough about the Oakland Athletics to go and pay money to a team they hate. Yes. <clears throat> Imagine if they tried to compete. Right. There right, is a right. market. There is a market for this team in Oakland, and it is disgusting. It's not disgraceful. It's not, oh, this is, a, this is awful. It is... It is disgusting yeah that the owner is being allowed to do this so let, let, let's pivot directly to rob man because i think he he needs to own a lot of the the blame here i mean the ownership the fisher ownership group in oakland is garbage and um you know i think some people have pointed out that the city of oakland was trying to play hardball with them and maybe they shouldn't have and i just think that i don't think that holds any water but um you know, maybe there are, I don't know the, the specifics, maybe there are people who know more. Again, open invitation to anybody who knows Oakland politics well to come on um, and 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 tell us what, what actually happened behind the scenes. But, you know, I, I think Rob Manfred's commissioner's office, his job is to protect baseball. And and I think baseball fans, I know he doesn't see it that way. Um, but I think that it's really disappointing to see he had nothing, no interest in pr- protecting uh, baseball in Oakland. Um, and here's what he said about the reverse boycott, which... I think we can all baseball fans can all agree was an impressive display of frustration, um, of 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 dedication to a franchise. Um, at the very least, um, you know something that was impressive. Uh, and Rob Manfred is a fucking asshat. And here's what he said uh, when he was asked directly about it. He said, "It was great. It's great to see what is this year almost an average major league baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing." Um, and and the sarcasm there uh, directed at the fans is um, I think everything you need to know about who Rob Manfred is right like to go to go sarcastic and um, and 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 claim that that wasn't some sort of impressive feat um, or imply that is is just that's garbage it's garbage and you know I, I think it's what's even uh, more telling he knows he stepped in it because recently he said my my comments were taken out of context and the, which, to which the reporters all posted the transcript like that literally he, they were not out of context he was asked directly about it and that's the first fucking thing he said was he went sarcastic yeah. and, uh, ne- and negative about the fans and that is all you need to know he's closed he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't care about us i always think that any anyone who ever says that was taken out of context is kind of like that's a lie it's always a lie it's always a lie it's a it's definitely a a device i don't think it's ever you know because what does it what does that even mean taken out of context i don't know yeah he did he he so he said 
that's he, he this is all from one interview with evan um drelich i think his name is um from the athletic uh and he you know i i will say he said some pretty awful things throughout uh this is what he said about the move itself. He said, I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I do not like this outcome. I understand why they feel the way they do. I think that the real question is, what is it that Oakland was prepared to do? There is no Oakland offer, okay? They never got to a point where they had a plan to build a a stadium at any site. And it's not just John Fisher. You don't build a stadium on the club activity alone. The community has to provide support. And you know, at some point, you come to the realization it's just not going to happen. And that's the point that I think pissed off a lot of people in Oakland. They're like, we were we were like at the finish line and you literally don't have any money in Las Vegas right yeah. now. And you, you're you yeah. going out of your way to get it. It's, like, it's just lies. These are just. They're just it's lies. just lies. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's two there's two things. It's lies on the. Sort of within the rules as they stand, but also yeah. those rules are fucking bullshit. Why the hell should Oakland pay hundreds of millions? Why should taxpayers in Oakland pay hundreds of millions of dollars to keep the team there? It's their team. It's right. their team. Right. And I just, it's just appalling. It's appalling. But, you know, even within the kind of the confines of the existing rules as they stand, that, that the cities have to do this, it was lies. Yeah. And it's just disgraceful. I think disgraceful is a great word for it. I think disgusting, disgraceful, whatever you want to do. But it, it is. I think just he's doing the opposite of what I think his job should be. And I think what what we're learning is that he sees his job as making owners more rich. And I, I think that's yeah. just that's just yeah. like and also the other the other thing you said, which really sticks with me, you know, coming in a country where we have promotion relegation and uh supporting your team is not tied to the results on the field. Um he was asked about whether Oakland uh, teams will continue, uh, fans will continue to support the team after the move. He said, I hope so. I hope that they stay baseball fans, whatever they decide to affiliate with. Again, I'll say it again. The piece of this particular series of events that's the most disturbing to me is the idea that fans have supported the team losing a team. We hate that idea. It's just like, that is what you are doing. That you, you have to own that. You are taking this team away from people and the fact that they were uh, not a winning team the fact that uh you know you think that you can do better in another city this is it's, it's just it's not what sport should be about you know i, mean, I get he, he says a lot that i hate this idea this is not the outcome we wanted it's just like there there's a there's a <laughs> saying fucking in, horseshit. there's a saying in writing like when you're like editing someone's writing it's like show don't tell and it's like that's that to me is like your actions speak a lot louder than your words. You can say all you want mm. that you didn't want this outcome, but everything you did indicated you wanted this outcome. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just I don't know. I feel bad. We need to talk to some people in Oakland to, to get to the bottom of this. I, I, I do. Before we wrap. We have to talk about speaking of Rob Manfred, let's check in on what he said about pride nights throughout baseball because oh, this is this is literally i'm gonna explode i think i'm going to explode um uh, he was asked the other day about because there's been some some pride night debacles um uh hullabaloos across the sport this year which we can get into but he said in rela- in relation to pride nights um we have told teams in terms of actual uniforms hats bases that we don't think putting logos on them is a good idea just because of the desire 
to protect players, not putting them in a position of doing something that may make them uncomfortable because of their personal views. Um, and, and I know you have a, I, I just, I just, before we get into some specifics here, um, let's just, I, I, I just want to call out that like, those personal views, it's a code, it's coded language for a reason, because those personal views are just bigotry, right? Like we're not talking about like no one's coming after um, you know, the the players who like I'm trying to think of a like it, you never see a, a player uh say, I'm uncomfortable with wearing all this military paraphernalia. Like I I'm uncomfortable with wearing military colors on for for Memorial Day. Like I I that would be a ginormous scandal, right? Like a huge fucking scandal. Uh, and I don't think Rob Manfred would be out there saying, well, I don't think we should be changing the logos just to protect the player's personal views. Because I guarantee you, not every player likes wearing the military uh, with the military affiliation. I guarantee you that's true. Um, or it's uncomfortable with it at the very least because it is also garbage. <laughs> but um, but and the Nationals seem to have a personal connection to this. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to talk about this because I am a Catholic and I go to uh, I go to mass and I care about this stuff. Um, I, I care about my faith and I care about the Washington Nationals. I wouldn't put them on the same level. Um, <laughs> nationals, faith. You know, nationals, ever, everlasting life. You know. Where, <laughs> Um, but we we have been thrust into this uh, discussion because of an interview that Trevor Williams gave. He is the fourth starter in our rotation, and he went in the media to rip the Dodgers over their honoring of the uh, an, uh, an LGBTQ uh, group and th the whole controversy over whether they would be on the field and on the field everything else he was billed as like the you know the top catholic player in mlb which requires you to ignore a ton of latino players <laughs> let's just be, let's just be really honest i think what they were talking about was white people uh, on the show that that he was interviewed on um i mean look he's wrong and i don't want to belittle what uh he said or um uh, uh, who, you know, the fact that he said it and the pain that he caused by saying it, um, he's wrong and he doesn't represent most Catholics and he doesn't represent most Catholic MLB players, I don't think. Um, but also just, just as a sort of a Nationals fan, <laughs> we had uh, Danny Murphy on our, uh, Daniel Murphy on our team, uh, I call him Danny a few years ago. Danny, yeah, Danny, Danny Murphy's a, an English uh, football player. <laughs> Daniel Murphy was on the um, Daniel Murphy was on the the national team, and he he said some stuff that really offended a lot of Nationals fans. But he had a really really good war when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor Williams has a war of zero point seven percent, and I just don't think that he has the uh, game to bring that bullshit i mean i think there should be like a rule that you have to have a minimum of 3.0 war before you can start saying any fucking nonsense that is going to upset people minimum absolute minimum below that just shut your fucking cake hole <laughs> i think that we can call this the battery mates 
uh uh maxim um we just that's a <laughs> just do not <clears throat> if you if you suck shut the fuck up um <laughs> if you're good and you have a if you have a bigoted views you know you we don't like it but at least you think uh you know we understand it's news if, if you say it. <laughs> if, that, if, if that's you, bring Drake LaRoche to the... Uh, to the right. Uh... <laughs> so I, you mentioned the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, or you you, you, meant, you referred to them um, about that the group in LA that was the, the source of that controversy, um, which I fully believe was manufactured entirely. I don't, I don't believe uh, for sure. a minute that that was a controversial uh, thing until people targeted them. But, um, I, I, you know, to go from one you know, maybe one of America's brightest assets to uh, maybe our chief, our asset in chief, um, David Brooks. Um, <laughs> he, he had a column out two full weeks after this happened, by the way, but in wow. a month or month, six weeks after God. the controversy, but two weeks after the actual event, his column came out this weekend in which he opined about the situation <laughs> um, and got really on such a fucking high horse. I just have to read a few of these quotes because I literally, they made me want to throw my phone when I read them. Um, <clears throat> he says, if I walked onto the field at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles and stomped on a Dodgers uniform on home plate, I hoped the Dodgers and their fans would be upset. This is the jersey that Jackie Robinson wore, along with Dodgers legends like Sandy Koufax, Oral Hershiser, Tommy Lasorda, and Roy Campanella. You don't dishonor other people's uniforms, which, okay, I got to stop. That's a huge leap. You, you don't dishonor other people's uniforms? <laughs> what, what, what the fuck does that mean? Who who said that? Like, <laughs> okay, you don't, you don't, yeah, you don't step on Jack. You took Jackie Robinson's uniform and stomped on it. That would connote something completely different than what you're talking about. But let's, let's, let's put that aside for a second. He goes on to say, in a pluralistic society, decent people don't dishonor what others find sacred. Okay, this is the one reason I think the Dodgers erred in honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence last Friday. So he he he's like, <laughs> I, I just like I'm like so I'm like shaking already. I'm shaking just reading this aloud. Like his equating of this. So the situation here is the Sister of Perpetual Indulgence um, is an advocacy organization. They've done a, they did a lot of of heroic work uh, on on AIDS in the eighties and nineties. Um, and I'm certainly save people's lives. They also happen to be um, pretty funny, uh, and 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 maybe you don't find this funny, but they dress up. A lot of them dress up like nuns, and they uh, mock, openly mock the Catholic Church, who, by the way, uh, wasn't all that friendly to them or to the LGBT community um, uh, up until uh, now. They're not friendly, um, and so the idea that <laughs> we would be uh, <clears throat> dishonoring. The nuns, okay, like that was that's the, that is the what that is the argument David Brooks is ma making here. Is it, you can make your points and you can do your advocacy, but you shouldn't dishonor nuns who, by the way, most of them couldn't give two shits about whether they're wearing uh, habits, right? They're called habits. Um, yeah. And I just it's so it's so fucking it's disingenuous as shit, and I, I just hate the it's the it's for the discourse and for the clicks, and I fucking hate it. Uh, and so hold on, I'm having my mid rant here. Uh, he, he goes on to say the quote was the Dodgers were, wrong, were the Dodgers were wrong to honor a group that dishonors other people's uniforms and the sacred commitment again that principle and the sacred commitments those uniforms represent but that's not my real beef with the Dodgers my real beef is that they should have been in the baseball business not the culture war business when they cross that boundary they are eroding something fundamental to a healthy society shut up and dribble shut up and dribble that's the, that's the, what he's fucking yeah. saying and yeah, and cool. I just you know what like <clears throat> 
it's it's just like I I okay. This is why I'm so pissed off about this right now because there is a you know we've lived through this where it you know in 2004 uh, anti marriage um, constitutional amendments were put on the ballot strategically in states because they the 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 right wing knew that would turn out conservatives in in masses and 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 win the election for George W. Bush and it worked it worked. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a we came a long way between 2004 uh, and 2015 when, uh, you know, Obergefell uh, was, you know, was ruled on in the Supreme Court and marriage equality became the law of the land. You know, that's and, and, and the politics behind it changed. And now there's this backlash that is very real. Uh, there are people right now who are laser focused on taking back ground that they lost to queer people. Um, you know, we saw that we've seen them go after Bud Light. We've seen them go after Target. Um, nobody makes Target a Target, Matthew. Nobody, not on my watch. <laughs> they went after Starbucks, who had like Pride Month stuff in their in their shops, and some shops had to take it down. Uh, they're trying to make com- companies afraid for even acknowledging that gay and trans people exist. They they they've brought back this trope that a community that this community this um uh you know at, at Pride parades and whatnot that there's a community that are preying on our kids, and it's infuriating it's terrifying i honestly as someone who you know loves a lot of people in the in the lgbtq community yeah. there yeah. and and this this is a perpetual indulgence like i was saying earlier was not that was a conveniently chosen group to to target as like a, a like they're so outrageous aren't they and oh my god they're so offensive by making fun of nuns and wearing nuns habits and all that stuff. It's so offensive. Uh, they're cherry picking that group for a reason. And it's because they want to have this, be- they want to take back the, 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 pull the Overton window back toward them, rip it back toward this like reasonable center that says like, yes, you can be gay and you can get married, but we don't like you when you're that crazy. You don't, we don't like it when it's that much. Um, and I think that's the part that is is most infuriating. And for someone like David Brooks, who should know fucking better, um, to say what he said, and for Rod Manfred, who doesn't know better, we don't expect him to. Uh, it, it's, well, it's, uh, it's something. I mean, I I agreed with you in everything you said up to up towards the end. I genuinely don't think that David Brooks does know better. I think <laughs> David Brooks is a genuinely bad faith, wrong yeah. person. Yes, but Rob Manfred definitely doesn't know better. But the the he is evidence of what of the point you're making that he is being pulled to the right to say, oh, it's terrible that MLB teams are making uh, there be a pride uh, a badge on the on the sleeve of a of a team because you know that's offending you know people's personal personal preferences. Like human rights are not a uh you know a, a matter of conscience human, universal human rights are universal and if you don't like that get out of the team yeah. and i i just think that um you know it offends me as someone who is uh a, a person of faith <laughs> i would say i'm a practicing catholic in the sense that i'm practicing because i'm not good enough at it so i wouldn't <laughs> want to make any any big claims but you know it's it's offensive to me that trevor williams and others uh are, are launching these attacks on the uh 
the LGBT groups because for me, faith is in people's actions, mm. regardless of where they stand on on different questions of theology. And you know, this idea that you know it's offensive; these are anti-Catholic attacks. I just think that's a weakness. I believe that the God I worship is a powerful God who can perfectly is perfectly comfortable with people making fun of him and being a bit offensive. You know, I think he can cope. I think he can cope because he's all powerful (laughs) and he loves all of us. And, you know, like (laughs) this is a baseball podcast, not a a, a Catholic podcast, but I just think this bullshit, it's just embarrassing. And this sort of like pathetic, Oh, they're making fun of us. Oh, they're, they're being quite rude about us. It's like fucking, get with the program like if either you believe that your your god is all powerful or not you know it's like we we can we can manage with someone making fun of us do you know what i mean yes and it's so disingenuous because if you just reverse the principle here like you you we shouldn't be (laughs) you can say your piece you can do you can do your 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 little advocacy but don't do it in a way that's disrespectful to someone else's uniform (laughs) come on and like what? like just reverse it like oh but also the organization they're making fun of they're trying to satirize has been incredibly damaging to young people and, well. and you know let's just be honest like let, like okay <laughs> we'll unpack that but just unpack it you know anyway uh we need to wrap this yeah. up uh mostly because we need to wrap this up <laughs> we're running out of our little, little like our, our free zoom here um but uh matthew before we do there was baseball played in london can you give me like a 60 second synopsis of, of, of how it went? <laughs> I find this very difficult to talk about because someone once asked me what I loved about baseball. And I said, it was everything I loved about cricket and everything I loved about America. And so to me, baseball being played anywhere other than America, <laughs> no offense to the Blue Jays, is a little bit difficult for me to get my head around. <laughs> so like, the idea of going to baseball surrounded by a bunch of English people is just sort of, you know, uh, I know I sound very English. I'm a dual citizen, um, but still uh, grew up in England. I know that's difficult for people to get their heads around. <laughs> I'd say a, a, a couple of things. Number one, really strong interest, like massive turnout, massive interest uh uh, really good media number two they have managed to work out how to use the stadium a little bit better because in the first uh the first year they did this in 2019 they kind of angled the uh the field in a way that that led to like a thousand home runs during the two game series they've managed to work out how to use because this is an athletics stadium it's not a baseball stadium it's an athletics it's like one of the old bowl stadiums that you saw from the 70s they managed to angle it in a much better way and i think it it led to a better fan experience led to better better games number three um mlb is all in on this they are definitely coming back and they're talking about going uh to hold games in in Paris and Berlin. And, you know, honestly, I think there's a lot of interest in uh, Europe with the um, World Baseball Classic, uh, the Netherlands, Italy, uh, Germany only just missed out. I mean, in a way, Britain was lucky to qualify. Germany has a much more interesting semi-professional baseball league. Um, And 
uh, I think there's a lot of appetite for MLB in, in Europe. So there's going to be more of these. I think London's going to be regular uh, uh, and they might add Paris and Berlin as additional. It won't be like, well, one year we'll do London, oh, one year cool. we'll do Paris, one year. So I think it's going to be regular. And, and you know, you see with NFL, they're leading to the point where there's, there's potentially going to be a London franchise yeah. in the NFL. And I, you know, huh. I'd say we're, we're 10 years off uh an mlb franchise in europe probably more but like at least 10 years but it's it's on the horizon i think it's a it's a it's a thing that 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 might be start then we might start to talk about it in the next three or four years i do think though yeah we should keep an eye on it and definitely monitor it but you know i think it leads to it's going to lead to some confusion with some of the language you use in baseball um you know for instance i, I know when i go out and i'm practicing uh, you know, out in the outfield and, 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 yeah. and just, you know, what are you, what are you going to call it? It's going to lead to some confusion, yeah. maybe some embarrassment, yeah. honestly. I'd never thought yeah. of that. Well, uh, I mean, I think in, in the States, people should shag those balls. Um, in Europe, I'm not willing to say that. It's very, very rude. Very, very rude. <laughs> oh, rude to Taylor Swift. <laughs> 